So right now we're in the recruiting dead period, but that does not mean that there is still not plenty of recruiting content to talk about. Our friend Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider, breaks the latest down. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome into Locked On LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. In today's edition of Locked On LSU, like all of our recruiting content is, Brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider, joins us today. Brian, appreciate you as always. Probably getting some well-deserved time to breathe after National Signing Day. Um, Actually, I'm busier. Oh, well, isn't that fun? <laughs> There's an Under Armour camp, an Elite 11, or a Battle 7-on-7 seven seven every weekend. So, no no offseason. That is some some friends of mine who don't work in sports will say, oh, good, it's the football offseason. You finally have some time yeah, off. You can, you can finally breathe. Uh, no, it's actually it's actually significantly harder now. That there's no <laughs> football games to talk about. Yeah, that's a different story. You're true on that. What a hundred percent. But I do want to get your thoughts on some Under Armour camps that are coming up, some Under Armour games. But first and foremost, just, you know, just to kind of set the record, just so LSU fans know, what does this point in the calendar look like? It is the dead period, but what can you do? What can't you do? What are most coaches doing from now until spring practice? This is the time you build relationships or you die. If you haven't already set the groundwork, I mean, like we'll talk about DJ Pickett here in a minute, but like the elite elite kids you know about since they're like freshman and sophomore year and you're building a relationship regardless if you change schools or whatever. It's relationship, relationship, relationship. The kids pick the guy in the polo, not the jersey or the name on it, whatever. I know fans don't like hearing that, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, fortunately for LSU, like with Pickett, we'll talk about, they're in the final group, but it's all based on that. It's visits. It's trying to get them there during because it goes in and out of the dead period. It's kind of goofy. The NCAA does it this way. guess it gives the kids a break. But once the dead period is in, it's texting. It's sending direct messages. They send uh, like – I'll go see um, somebody like the last time I went to see DJ at his high school, just outside of Tampa. I'm at his locker. I said, what is that? I like pick up this deck. It's like seven in one day. It was LSU too. It was like seven different packages from different LSU coaches. This, this one school, like he'll get 50 pieces of mail in a day. Mm -hmm. So they do anything they can to impress kids just to keep them on their mind. And that's just part of the process. But at the same time, the other key here. Head coaches being involved more, finding different ways to be unique because there's a lot of teams that are in the SEC. There are a lot of teams that have been to the playoff, et cetera. How do you stand out? So trying to set up, hey, this is how your photo shoot's going to be when you visit LSU or what you're going to talk about when you visit. You're going to see Mike the Tiger. Whatever they think they can get a kid to think about their school the most, those conversations are pivotal before they come back on campus. The fours and five stars that LSU is targeting and putting the full court press on you're not alone. <laughs> You're not the only school no, that's, that's recruiting some of these kids. And one thing that I think has been persistent throughout every recruitment 
is, you know, what uh, is attractive to one kid or to one player could differ. That's person very- for person. But one thing that I think is so common is who talks to me the most? Like who really keeps up communication? Who even when you can't visit, you know, one-on-one, face-to-face, who's calling me, who's texting me, who's been in the forefront of my mind? That is absolutely well said because the kids that I talk to, the ones that get mad, like in the off the record, I had one recently, it's an elite quarterback, it's not going to be talked about on this show, but he was really pissed at a coach. They didn't offer, they'd recruited him hard, and that guy came by his school, he didn't offer. He's like, I'm done with them. I'm like, damn. And this this was his five-star kid. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, they, they missed their shot. So it, it doesn't take much. It's easier to get off the list than it is to get on. It, the littlest right. thing with a teenage boy who's used to being told he's great right. doesn't take very much. So it's a calculated thing. They have meetings on this stuff like daily. Like, who are we calling? Uh, a head coach will stop in an assistant or his coordinator's office and say, who did you call last night? What did you talk like detailed? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like an interview every day. So it's everything because in my opinion, 80% of college football getting to the playoff is recruiting. Yeah. Kirby talks about it all the time. Your family life's probably not going to be where you want it to be, or you're unemployed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the way that kind of works. So you got to got to make that combination of blending your family life a little bit, but usually it's going to be the recruit you're talking to more than your wife. Yeah, but it's, it's how you build rosters. It's 100%. how you build teams. But, so how far out are these coaches reaching out? You know, of course, 2025 is priority number one. Now you've got the 2024 class signed in, in the building. Are you talking to 27 kids? Are you talking to 2028 kids? Like what is, what is reasonable? What is rational? And what do you need to prioritize? I know reasonable and rational. We're talking <laughs> about college football. <laughs> it's fun to use them. Uh, there are two parts to that. And it's a good conversation. We could do multiple shows just on this topic, but the NCA kind of changes it once in a while. When's the first time you can call a kid? When's the first time you can text them, et cetera. To my knowledge, I, unless they changed it again, they can't directly communicate with the kids that are going to be juniors mm-hmm. just yet, but they can get kids that are juniors now that are going to be seniors next year. They're on the phone with them. That happens at the end of every summer. So that's the only one you can contact directly. Do I believe that's the only way it's happening? No. Uh, if that's true, you don't have blonde hair. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, let's be honest, college football is full of cheating. Yeah. That being stated, it's a lot of messaging through their high school coaches, confidants in their communities, uh, seven on seven coaches and guys, Hey, so-and-so called me today. He wants you to call him. The kids can call in. So they, they just do workarounds. It's just the way it is. I mean, there's a couple of kids that I've, I've kind of mentioned, um, Jakeem Stewart, a few other guys, like in 26, they, they can go wherever they want. There's no way in hell if you've got a kid like that in your backyard at, at St. Aug down in New Orleans, that you're not trying to get him to come up to campus, even though he's going to be a junior. Right. You have to. All of these kinds of elite players – you call the coach, they arrange it. You see the kid when he gets on campus. Mm-hmm. That's that's the workaround. So 
You can only focus on the immediate ones with the direct calls, but trust me, that doesn't really make much difference. Any rules that exist, someone's going to find a loophole. Oh. And if you are not working around that loophole, then somebody else is, and you are 10 right. steps behind everyone else. All right, well, coming up next, I want to get into a couple of names that you brought to my attention. One in-state, one out-of-state, and both could be serious game changers for LSU in the 2025 class. We'll get into that with Brian Smith coming up next. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, $150 if your bet wins. And one of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is there are so many things to bet on. For example, you can bet on the quick bets. There's live same-game parlays. So if you're watching a game and there's a team that's down by double digits, but you believe that they're going to come back, well, hey, throw a bet on that while the game is going on. There's also exclusive prep prop bets on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Plus, there is so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. And new FanDuel customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making Locked On LSU. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider, is with us. So two names that I wanted to break down, very highly recruited, and two guys that have LSU on their shortlist. First, I want to start with one name that you brought to my attention. You have deep roots and a lot of relationships in the state of Florida. DJ Pickett, a 2025 corner in Tampa. You told me that he might just be the most freak corner you've ever seen, and LSU's on a shortlist. This is correct. When you see a kid in eighth grade who's 6'1", and already playing bump and run corner against the elite players in the greater Tampa area and beyond and shutting them down it is abnormal. Uh, a buddy of mine is a trainer in Tampa and he told me about this kid. And while I trusted him, this guy got paid to play football. I'm like, okay. And I went, I'm like, this is utterly ridiculous. Uh, the only problem with DJ now he's about six, four is which sport does he play? Like legitimately, he could go to LSU for track, baseball, or football. It wouldn't make any difference mm -hmm. or a combination thereof. He is a freakish, freakish kid. And it's ironic. Like most kids that get over 6'1", six, 6'2", six, can't play corner. I even told DJ that at some point, I think you'll just be a free safety. You'll outgrow corner. Mm -hmm. Well, a certain guy that was at Florida last year who's back at LSU at DB, I'd had a conversation with him on the sidelines at a game. He's like, I think DJ is the best player in the state of Florida this next year. And I'm like, yeah, that's – and it's Not any shot. Yeah, with really good players. Yeah, Florida's is loaded again, and twenty five in particular. The classes is tremendous. Look, this is the rarest of the rare. Most kids at his length, and like he looks like a wing player at a major college basketball program that you throw alley oops. And yes, he can dunk very easily. I've seen it. Whatever sport he wants. So I, I saw him at a recent tournament, Battle Seven on Seven down in Miami. It's the best tournament in the country. I even joked with DJ before the game. I'm like, every time I video you, man, it, it's terrible for me. And he looks at me and I said, nobody throws your way. And he just laughed. Then he walked out on the field and nobody threw at him. The only clip that I got that was any good, he played offense for a play and he scored. Nobody will throw at him. Usually big corners like that, they try to pick on, they stay away. Uh, my buddy videoed another game. 
They didn't throw at it. He's a very, very rare corner. And you can play safety on one play. You can move into boundary. He can do nickel stuff. He's a physical kid. And I call him the spider because his arms are so long. Uh, he, I, I should buy him some Spider-Man gloves for his, his football. <laughs> he, he's he's the most unique kid I've ever seen. And legitimately, he's like 6'4". So this is a player that LSU is in the final group with. Miami, Michigan, and some other schools. It's the typical names. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's going to go. Georgia and everybody's after him. But LSU was one of his most recent visits. He posted an edit. And DJ is a private kid. Yeah. He's posted LSU multiple times recently. And I've known him for years, and I still don't know what he's going to do. But I, I would say that's a good sign for the Bayou Bengals. Is he committed to playing on the defensive side of the ball? He doesn't care what he does from day to day. He's as nonchalant as it gets. If you told him to play tight end, he'd figure it out. So he, corner is he's his. Got a kid to have on your roster. Oh no, he's 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 as nonchalant as it gets, man. He, he's very very easygoing. But again. You can't teach all the athleticism he has. And he's really competitive. Like he doesn't need to run track or play baseball or do anything, but wherever he goes, he dominates. Goofing around with track after his, at the end of his sophomore year, he ran sub 10, nine, just playing around. So, I mean, if, if he concentrated on, he'd be a 10, five guy, but mm-hmm. he wants to play football. So I think it's going to pay him well in the long run. And the only reason why I asked, because you and I both know LSU needs help with the secondary desperately, especially oh, from free corners that absolutely would help. Only reason why I ask is because I know a guy like a Terry Bussey who could play offense and has played offense. He's a two-way sure. player. One thing that you mentioned to me was a point of contention could be going to a school that would at least open the door to him playing receiver. I don't know if that was going to be a game changer or not, or if DJ Pickett was married to doing one thing over another thing or not. He's going to walk in and kick the crap out of who's ever in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. He doesn't care. Doesn't matter what position he's going to play. I, if he goes to Georgia, hypothetically, he will yeah. start before his freshman year is over. Chase, I'll take so, it. I'm sure you would. I, I absolutely would take it. Another day that I wanted to bring um, bring up to you is a local kid, a Shreveport kid in 2025, running back James Simon. Now, he's gotten offers, and he's interested all over. I mean, it's, it's tough to kind of put your finger on exactly yeah. what he's looking at, whether it's Florida, Miami, Georgia, but then also Notre Dame, Arizona, Colorado, and, of course, LSU is in the mix as well. Tell me about James Simon. What makes him special? He's a between-the-tackles traditional SEC running back, but he's got juice in the open field and he's got some wiggle too. Most guys that are the 200 pound range don't make guys miss like James does. Mm -hmm. And he's a really good student. He's a good guy. He's, he's the whole nine yards. So you can't have enough of those in your football program. And we've talked many times on this show, Caroline, how Brian Kelly really wants to kind of lock down the state. Well, Northern Louisiana per capita is as good as it gets in the country. Shreveport, and then West Monroe, that, that whole corridor through there, Rustin, all that stuff. Right. That's an important part. LSU has got tons of kids there over the years. So if you want to get the best players in Louisiana, it's the entire state, not just South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a kid that could kind of set a tone. He might be the best player in Louisiana in this next class. He's at least in the debate. I think that he would look really good in purple and gold or any other color because he's, he's just a great football player. But right now it looks like LSU is the team that's trending with him even though everybody's coming after. And looking at this this LSU 2025 class, I mean, it's stacked. 
you have the number two class in the country right now. And you look at really that trio of Bryce Underwood, DeCorian Moore, Harlem Berry, all the number one player at their respective positions. Obviously, Bryce Underwood, the number one overall player in the 2025 class. I'll throw Keelan Moses into that group as well, players that LSU fans are really excited about. And it's a class that they should be really excited about. But looking at this 2025 class and really the way that LSU's roster is is constructed as a whole right now, what do you think are maybe some top needs that LSU should be targeting in on in 2025? And is it less of needs and more so, let's just go find good players? There's some of the latter, but I mean, I think trenches. We've talked about defensive tackle. That's obvious. They got one of the best in the country in the last class, a homegrown kid. They need to get more of that. Uh, it's not as heavy a D-line group in Louisiana this year. So they're going to have to reach out outside the state, which is harder. Yeah. Maybe they get a Juco kid or something too, kind of like Sean Washington was. Whatever works. They, they've got to get at least a couple of really good D-tackles. And they're probably going to lose a couple of really good offensive tackles pretty soon too because I think both those guys are going to go to the draft. OT is going to be important. And then finally, just as you said, best players available. Mm-hmm. This should be a lineman-heavy group, in my opinion, because LSU's done a tremendous job of building. Like Compared to where they were three, four years ago at O-line, to now is like night and day. It's like an O-line powerhouse at this point. Brad Davis has been putting in that work. Yeah, they've they've done a really nice job. They have. And those kind of guys leave early. That's the only downside of that. That, You know, that losing two tackles is hard. Notre Dame's getting ready to try to do that. LSU might be getting ready to do that this next year, so – if they can do that to go, I mean, anything you can do to protect Bryce is a good idea, in my opinion. So you need tackles and maybe one more speedster. There's always an elite receiver in Louisiana. They'll probably get a couple. Don't let those kids go to Alabama, Texas A&M, et cetera. That's, that's the number one thing is it's not just keeping players in state. It's if you keep them in state, then you don't have to play them. 100%. <laughs> if you keep them in state, they don't help Alabama. They don't te- help Texas A&M or Texas or Florida so on and so forth. All right, coming up next, you said you're headed to Under Armour this weekend. Who are you going to be looking for? What are some maybe some LSU tidbits that we can get from that this weekend? We'll continue this conversation coming up next with, with Brian Smith. All right, I want to tell you about game time. So game time is the fastest and easiest way, in my opinion, to buy tickets for sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, plays, and musicals, anything that you might need tickets for near you. So right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. And the reason why I love game time so much is because they've got killer last-minute deals. So if you're looking for plans over the weekend and you might see an event coming up and you're like, hey, I want to buy tickets to this, but it's tonight. It's only coming up in, what, a few hours? Well, that's okay. Check out game time because they've got great deals for all you procrastinators just like me. They've got all-in prices. So if you ever look at tickets on third-party ticket websites, you might see, okay, you know, it's just, this is the cost of the ticket. Then you go throughout the process of buying the ticket and you're like, wait a minute, why are all of these taxes and fees even more expensive than the ticket itself? It is incredibly disheartening and incredibly frustrating. But with game time, what you see is what you get. They've got all in prices from the jump. There's also views from your seat. The coolest, coolest aspect, I think, of the game time uh, app is the fact that whenever you click on a ticket that you might want or a seat that you might like, you get a 360 degree view. So you know exactly what you're going to be looking at, what your view of the court, the stage, the field, whatever it might be, whatever it's going to look like when you go to that event. 
you'll know exactly what you're signing up for. They've got the best price guarantee as well. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So terms apply. Right now, all game time users uh, can use code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Just download that game time app. Use code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off of your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, really good long here, Locked On LSU. Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider, is with us because it's always recruiting season, even in the dead period. You're always you're always going to be recruiting. Uh, but you're headed to Under Armour Atlanta this weekend, correct? That is absolutely correct. So what are you looking for? Who are you going to be looking for? What are some names that maybe some LSU fans should familiarize themselves with? They always recruit in Alabama and Georgia a little bit better than other schools out of state. Maybe it's the SEC moniker. I don't know what it is. Uh, a kid from Mobile that I'm sure they're going to try to get a visit from. He's been there before. Micah DeBose at a, a Viger High School, 6'5", 315. He's an offensive tackle. He's a kid that was committed at one point to Georgia as a sophomore. That kind of puts things in perspective. He's a top 25 kid. Uh, that's a weedy-weed player. Jared Smith, a kid out of – the greater Birmingham area. He's a 6'4", 6'5", kid, 225. It's an edge rusher. Everybody's recruiting him. Same thing with Zion Grady down in Enterprise, Alabama. LSU and everybody's after him. He's probably 6'5", or more. Uh, he could even play outside linebacker. Uh, a Kylan Deer might be my favorite running back in the country. He's from Quitman, Mississippi. LSU always does very well there. Yeah. That is a kid that I know it's – these are dangerous words, but style-wise, he reminds me of Eric Dickerson. Uh, 6'1", 200 pounds. And it, I'll it take is, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Eric's one of my all-time favorite players to watch. He's a tremendous football player. Oh, yeah. And then Kevin Otis, another kid from the state of Mississippi, a defensive lineman. Every school in the country is recruiting him. He's from Hattiesburg. Elite player. I think he's a guy that could end up being the national top 50 by some of the services. Those are some of the guys I'm going to see. I don't get to see the Alabama and Mississippi kids venture over and play against other states as much. Mm -hmm. So when they all get together in one spot, it's awesome. So Atlanta Under Armour is by far my favorite spot in the country. And I did want to get your thoughts on uh, on one LSU move before we roll. We know that Austin Thomas, who's been at, at LSU in a couple different stints, he was most recently on Ole Miss, the director of player personnel, played that kind of GM role, whatever the official title was at Ole Miss, whatever it is at LSU, essentially college football general manager. So he's made his way back to LSU and also Preston Tiffany. It's some breaking news that came out just a couple of days ago has been hired away from Ole Miss as well. It's funny that the SEC is such an incestuous little conference, whether it's coaches or players or personnel. What does that mean for LSU to get those two and to also take them away from a divisional rival that has been recruiting and transfer portaling at an incredibly high level? Well, as I texted you earlier, I'm sure it didn't bother you to see Wayne Kiffin lose something. And I'm guessing Brian Kelly doesn't feel any shame in that either. So either you're an LSU fan or you're not. And most LSU fans probably can't stand Kiffin. But the point is this. Ole Miss has risen up. Yeah. So taking something from them, it's got to feel good. That guy's a really good manager or whatever. I don't care what the title is. It's basically GM and personnel guy. Yeah. Because of the portal, you got to have one now. Everybody's talked about it it's in free. some capacity. Oh, it, it's 
Those are dangerous words, but the NCAA doesn't want to say that because that might mean that, you know, these people need a union or something, but that's another story. The NCAA doesn't want a lot of things to happen. <laughs> they're getting ready to. Happening. Yeah, they're <laughs> happening. I think it's important that they also know the territory that LSU recruits. Mm -hmm. Kelly's a little more traditional, what you and I agree with, honestly. There's about four states they need to recruit and then just cherry pick a little bit. Arkansas, the state of Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, and then they just, you know, like, you want to go get Bryce out of Detroit because he's the best part of the country. That's fine. Yeah. But you don't have to really recruit very far away. You need guys that know the high school coaches in those areas. And they're getting people to come to Baton Rouge that already know the territory. And if you don't, it's probably not going to work out well. They speak a little different west of the river. Okay. It's uh, I think people that listen to this show know what I'm talking about. Either you understand it or you don't. You have to have people that are down south from the Louisiana, from the base in that area that understand it, or they're not going to be able to recruit even with Tiger Stadium all around them. And that's something that Brian Kelly mentioned in his press conference last week. He was asked about the, the new coaching staff, who every new hire has some sort of tie to LSU or the state of Louisiana, whether they played there or from there or coached there in the past. Asked Brian Kelly, is that intentional? Brian Kelly said, well, I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, like it's it's strongly recommended, strongly encouraged. It's not required, but to recruit in the state of Louisiana, to lock down the state of Louisiana, you got to know people and have people that know the state of Louisiana. It's a different place. Unfortunately, it's not something that even you or I who have lived in Baton Rouge, like we can explain it a little bit to people. I mean, you're a grad. Mm -hmm. It's still not finite. You have to experience Southern Louisiana over a period of time to gain an appreciation for it. Yeah. And then going down to like the swamps of like Homa and stuff where some of these kids are and like the Manning Academy is out there in the swamps. They do it intentionally. They want people to in, embrace the culture. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody. So if you don't know it, how in the heck are you going to explain it to a kid that's from Missouri, that's right. from New Jersey or something, those few kids, they've got to be able to explain that or they're wasting their time. So I think it's smart for Kelly and everybody at LSU that makes these hires to get people that understand the culture of the state of Louisiana. It's truly unique. And it's something I have to give Brian Kelly a whole heck of a lot of credit for because he is somebody that doesn't know it. He is somebody that yeah. is a complete outsider to it. And if you can acknowledge what you don't know and you know what you don't know, and you can put people in place to help kind of overcome maybe that area that you aren't completely up to date with or that you don't know wholeheartedly, then you put those people in place. And Brian Kelly has done a really good job of that. If he hadn't, LSU wouldn't be where they are with this recruiting class. And he wouldn't be there very long. No, he would have been a three or four year guy and been fired. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because I, I was wondering if he was going to get fired from the time he took the job. I'm like, from a personality standpoint, this is about as bad as it can be. So I'm curious to see who he hires on his staff. That was the first thing that went through my mind. Mm -hmm. And he's put people in place to help him. Otherwise, he'd have been done. Yeah, I have to give him a lot of credit. I mean, the only culture that really exists is winning. If you win, I don't care how you sound. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how you talk. Just win. And Brian Kelly has at least shown that he can do that at LSU in his first two years. Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider. Appreciate you as always. Where can the people find some more of your work and your breakdowns of Under Armour this weekend in Atlanta? Uh, at FB Scout underscore Florida on X. It'll be all over the place. Videos breakdowns of who did well, who did what. 
maybe some recruiting tidbits and might even be back on this show next week if there's any LSU news to share. So you'll find me. Just take a look. It won't take very long. Brian, appreciate y'all. Appreciate you as always. Safe travels to Atlanta, and we will chat next week. All right. Thank you very much, Care Bear. Appreciate it.